Chapter 10 of Science in Short Chapters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeffrey Smith, New Orleans, Louisiana. Science in Short Chapters by W. Matu Williams. Chapter 10. The Solidity of the Earth. In his opening address to the mathematical and physical section of the British Association, Sir William Thompson affirmed, with almost perfect certainty, that whatever may be the relative densities of rock, solid and melted, or at about the temperature of liquefaction, it is, I think, quite certain that cold solid rock is denser than hot melted rock and no possible degree of rigidity in the crust could prevent it from breaking in pieces and sinking wholly below the liquid lava and that this process must go on until the sunk portions of the crust build up from the bottom a sufficiently close-ribbed skeleton or frame to allow fresh incrustations to remain bridged across the now small areas of lava pools or lakes footnote nature volume fourteen page four twenty nine end of footnote this would doubtless be the case if the material of the earth were chemically homogeneous or of equal specific gravity throughout, and if it were chemically inert in reference to its superficial or atmospheric surroundings. But such is not the case. All we know of the earth shows that it is composed of materials of varying specific gravities, and that the range of this variation exceeds that which is due to the difference between the theoretical internal heat of the earth and its actual surface temperature. We know by direct experiment that these materials, when fused together, arrange themselves according to their specific gravities, with the slight modification due to their mutual diffusibilities. If we take a mixture of the solid elements of which the earth, so far as we know it, is composed, fuse them, and leave them exposed to atmospheric action, what will occur? The heavy metals will sink, the heaviest to the bottom, the lighter metals, that is, those that we call the metals of the earth's, because they form the basis of the earth's superficial crust will rise along with the silicon etc to the surface these and the silicon will oxidize and combine forming silicates and with a sufficient supply of carbonic acid some of them such as calcium magnesium etc will form carbonates when the temperature sinks below that of the dissociation of such compounds. 
the scoria thus formed will float upon the heavy metals below and protect them from cooling by resisting their radiation but if in the course of contraction of this crust some fissures are formed reaching to the melted metals below the pressure of the floating solid will inject the fluid metal upwards into these fissures to a height corresponding to the flotation depth of the solid and thus form metallic veins permeating the lower strata of the crust i need scarcely add that this would rudely but fairly represent what we know of the earth but it may be objected that i only describe an imaginary experiment this is true as regards the whole of the materials united in a single fusion nobody has yet produced a complete model with platinum and gold in the center and all the other metals arranged in theoretical order with the oxidized silicated and carbonated crust outside but with a limited number of elements this has been done is being done daily on a scale of sufficient magnitude to amply refute sir william thompson's description of a fused earth solidifying from the center outwards this refutation is to be seen in our blast furnaces refining furnaces puddling furnaces bessemer ladles steel melting pots cupels foundry crucibles in fact in almost every metallurgical operation down to the simple fusion of lead or solder in a plumber's ladle with its familiar floating crust of dross or oxide as an example i will on account of its simplicity take the open hearth finery and the refining of pig iron here a metallic mixture of iron silicon carbon sulphur etc is simply fused and exposed to the superficial action of atmospheric air what is the result oxidation of the more oxidizable constituents takes place and these oxides at once arrange themselves according to their specific gravities the oxidized carbon forms atmospheric matter and rises above all as carbonic acid then the oxidized silicon being lighter than the iron floats above that and combines with aluminium or calcium that may have been in the pig and with some of the iron thus forming a salacious crust closely resembling the predominating material of the earth's crust when the oxidation in the finery is carried far enough the melted material is tapped out into a rectangular basin or mold usually about ten feet long and about three feet wide where it settles and cools during this cooling the silica and silicates that is the rock matter separate from the metallic matter and solidify on the surface as a thin crust which behaves in a very interesting and instructive manner 
at first a mere skin is formed this gradually thickens and as it thickens and cools becomes corrugated into mountain chains and valleys much higher and deeper in proportion to the whole mass than the mountain chains and valleys of our planet after this crust has thickened to a certain extent volcanic action commences rifts dikes and faults are formed by the shrinkage of the metal below and streams of lava are ejected here and there these lava streams accumulate around their vent and form insulated conical volcanic mountains with decided craters from which the eruption continues for some time these volcanoes are relatively far higher than chimborazo the magnitude of these actions varies with the quality of the pig iron the open hearth finery is now but little used but probably some are to be seen at work occasionally in the neighborhood of glasgow and i am sure that sir william thompson will find a visit to one of them very interesting failing this he may easily make an experiment by tapping into a good-sized cinder bogey some melted pig iron from a puddling furnace taking it just before the iron comes to nature and leaving the melted mixture to cool slowly and undisturbed the cinder of the blast furnace which in like manner floats on the top of the melted pig iron resembles still more closely the prevailing rock matter of the earth on account of the larger proportion and the varied compounds of earth metals it contains for the volcanic phenomena alone he need simply watch what occurs when in the ordinary course of puddling the cinder is run into a large bogey and the bogey is left to cool standing upright i need scarcely add that these phenomena strikingly illustrate and confirm mr mallet's theory of earthquakes volcanoes and mountain formation in merely passing through an iron-making district one may see the results of what i have called the volcanic action by simply observing the form of those oyster-shaped or cubical blocks of cinder that are heaped in the vicinity of every blast furnace that has been at work for some time radial ridges or consolidated miniature lava streams are visible on the exposed face of nearly if not quite all of these they rejected or squeezed up from below while the mass was cooling when the outer crust had consolidated but the inner portion still remained liquid many of these are large enough and sufficiently well marked to be visible from a railway carriage passing a cinder heap near the road footnote see chapter on the origin of lunar volcanoes end of footnote end of chapter 10